0: I have a six year old that's really into learning, learning books, learning apps, learning shows, but I'm really grateful to have found a learning podcast for her. From the creators of the hit kid podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited to a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. My kid really appreciates these. They're only 15 minutes long, and she can stay engaged. She likes the characters. It's perfect for ages six and up. New episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kids won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Hello, you sentient balls of stardust. I am Casey Davis, and this is Struggle Care, the mental health podcast that will soon have a tagline that is really just unforgettable. Today, we are talking about a huge struggle care topic. Every time I do a social media piece on this, it blows up. And that topic is brushing teeth, just dental hygiene in general. You're not going to want to miss this one. I have a really cool guest today, Taylor McFarland. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Taylor and I follow each other on TikTok and she makes content about dental care. She's a dentist and I reached out to her and I wanted to bring her on. And so Taylor, just start with, I mean, first of all, I love your channel because you talk about some of the mental health aspects about when it's hard to brush your teeth. And so tell me how you kind of came to that unique sort of viewpoint? Because I don't hear a lot of dentists talking about that. Well, gosh, it
1: was really totally by accident. So I'm a pediatric dentist by trade. I'm not a general dentist, so I generally don't treat adults. And so sometimes we'll have mental health discussions with like teen patients, but primarily I focus on like 10 and under. There's a lot of my patient population, they're younger. And so for me, just in making content for TikTok, just trying to be relatable, I was like, man, like this is something that I really struggle with Um, postpartum. I had depression, anxiety. And I just shooting off the hip as we're doing here, made a random TikTok just about how hard it was for me, even as a dentist, taking care of my teeth when your life is just rocked by everything that is new routine in a child. And it was our third child, especially that one really, that one threw me for the biggest loop. And it blew up, as you said, the things that blow up, honestly, a lot of times are not the ones that we expect, but that one just blew up. And I feel like everyone then had all these questions and I encountered so many barriers to dental hygiene that I could help with if people were sensitive to mint or they didn't like the foaminess. And I was like, oh man, this is like right up my alley with pediatric dentistry. We do a lot of children with just sensory issues, any number of things that is kind of my lane. And it actually related to that area, you know, dental hygiene for folks with mental health struggles that I had no idea that it would apply. So it was just cool, kind of serendipitous that I happened to make this post and my knowledge happened to be beneficial. (laughs) And so that's, I've just been going from there answering people's questions.
0: And it's been really fun and exciting. It actually makes a ton of sense to me because I feel like with adults, if somebody says, oh, I'm having trouble brushing my teeth, most people kind of default to, "We'll just try harder. Like, why would you ever have trouble with that? But if you're dealing with kids, you can't just tell a kid to try harder. Like, you actually have to, like, brainstorm ways around there. Even if it is just pure unwillingness, you still have to, like, get creative. And so it's like you had the right mindset for that because you've worked with kids. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. It was definitely meant to be and not at all where I would have
1: envisioned TikTok ever going since I started in May, but it's been beautiful and I love it. I'm learning a lot and I'm loving just the people I'm getting to engage with. And so many of them are like co-followers are like tagging me on all your dental stuff. I'm like, I know, she's so cool. We're really good friends. (laughs) (laughs) But it's great. I love the message you're putting out there and I love that I can amplify it and give it credence as a dentist to be like, no, this is totally legit. Like, If you can only brush your teeth with nothing but water, like that's legitimate, and that's okay. And just giving people permission to be good enough and not be perfect um, has been so wonderful. And just like people telling me they're in tears and coming to my live just to brush their teeth with me and just small steps that make such a big difference has
0: been amazing. So I usually do this at the end, but I'm going to do it now just in case somebody maybe doesn't make it to the end. Will you plug how people can find you if they want to join you for those lives? Oh, sure. So I'm on TikTok mostly. I try to be on Instagram, but I'm not pretty enough.
1: <laughs> TheMamaDentist.com the, the the is my website where you can find just kind of everywhere that I would be would show you where I will be, but generally TikTok and at The Mama Dentist, M-A-M-A. Dentist. Nice.
0: So I want to start with this question that, yeah, I want to get into kind of like the workarounds with sensory issues and taste issues. But I want to start with this one because one of the big feedbacks I get, like you said, like your TikTok that blew up, I've done several about struggling to brush teeth and they always blow up. And the comments are always the same. I had no idea I wasn't alone. Yeah, I had-
1: everyone thinks they're gross. They're like, I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, girl, like, we are all sitting in our home
0: with fuzzy teeth, <laughs> and we're all tired, you know? <laughs> and our babies are crying. <laughs> and the, the, one of the comments I get the most is, "I know that I need to see a dentist, but I am too embarrassed about mm-hmm. the state of my dental care. I don't want to be shamed." And unfortunately, people also saying that they have been shamed by. Yeah, that's so I mean, it's never valid. Were. It's so valid, you know, and it's like, I don't want to be sexist
1: or classist or whatever ageist or whatever. I've kind of said in the comments in the beginning, I was like, well, try to find like a younger female dentist because that's me. And in general, the dentists that I engage with who are young and female tend to treat their patients and engage them on this topic similarly to me. I mean, a lot of people in the comments when they're talking about their traumatic experiences or shame, it's often with an older dentist um, and often male. And that's not always going to be the case. But I think in general, if you're trying to find somewhere and granted, yeah, there's exceptions to everything. Folks will be like, well, no, my hygienist was the one and she was young and, and, you know, female. And so you never know. But I think when you're trying to find somewhere to look generally younger, and generally female, we just tend to you know, be sweeter and have a gentler touch, sometimes not always. But just I think the best thing for folks to do is ask around their community groups. That's what I've tried to encourage people to do. And I know it's hard, you know, that's the last thing you want to do when you are feeling down and isolated to go and like have to hunt around and look for information about dentists in the community. So that's where I've struggled and where I hope I don't know, to even just chit-chatting with you about how best to guide and help people to finding a provider. I know cost is a big barrier for so many people with dentistry. Dental insurance is awful. I um, mean, so those are the two number one things that I hear. They're embarrassed. And so I say, hey, you. it's not on you to make your dentist be nice. You just deserve good care. And if they shame you, the hygienist shames you, leave. Like Before they bill out your insurance, leave and, and try again, try a different place. Um, but that takes a lot of effort and a lot of you know, putting themselves out there. And so I get that that's hard. And you want to hit a home run the first time, right? You want to find the nice kind dentist. So many people in me are like, where are you? I'm going to come find you. I'm like, I treat kids. I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> well, I, so besides my own sort of struggles with postpartum and with depression and ADHD, um, I also have like severe dentist phobia, I had a bunch of work done when I was like a young child that was really traumatic, including like some anesthesia wearing off in the middle of a procedure. I mean, just awful. And so I cannot go to the dentist unless I'm like heavily. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And a few years ago before we knew we wanted to start getting pregnant. And I knew like, okay, I haven't been in the dentist in so long. And so like, I need to do that before I get pregnant. And I ended up I can't remember if I Googled or if I like asked on that Facebook group, but I asked around, like, does anybody have a dentist that works with people that have like a dental phobia, like dentist phobia? And somebody said, Yes, I have a doctor that's great for that. And I contacted him and he actually had me come in for an office visit first, where I just sat in his office with the desk and the chairs and talked about, you know, what is it that what is my phobia like? How does it affect me? What could we game plan for me to be comfortable and calm? And what kind of hit me with that was, you know, there's maybe probably not a lot of dentists that advertise as I work with people that have mental health struggles. Like, but someone who advertises or maybe is known in the community as someone that works with those that are afraid of dentists would probably be more sensitive. I also think about, you know, asking if anyone knows of a dentist that works with perhaps people who are on the autistic spectrum. I was just sort of trying to brainstorm, you know, looking for like other almost like keywords that aren't exactly like, I'm depressed. (laughs) Well, I think a great one that I will do when I
1: call my own providers when I'm, cause we just moved to um, where we live probably two and a half years ago and then the pandemic hit. So still I haven't made a lot of my appointments that I really should have made. But the way I find providers is I'll ask around on Facebook or next door and I will call the offices that people have mentioned just like you. I'll be like, I have a dental phobia. Where would you go? Um, I call them and I ask the front desk staff do you see this dentist and do you bring your family here? And I think that tells you a lot um, because some don't. They'll say, no, I actually go down the street or whatever, you know, and especially if it's their kids, because when you work for a general dentist, they will see children often, um, especially if they're over age three. But if they, the staff person has a five-year-old, but they're not bringing them to the dentist, they'd rather take them somewhere else. It's like, that might tell you something too, is you want someone that's going to be I don't know, that the staff want to go there. Um, And sometimes they don't. And I think they will be honest with you a lot of times too if you tell them your story. And I know it's hard to tell anyone your story and you have to tell people who are safe. But just opening up about, I have... A severe dental phobia i have anxiety i have you know whatever it is abuse history um, a lot of people that's such a triggering position to be laying back and so vulnerable and so it's very scary for a lot of people and having past traumatic dental experiences like you that's why i went the beads so many people our age group and a little bit older have really traumatic pediatric dental experiences and they hate dentistry for the rest of their life and so that is a big i think goal of pediatric dentists is to remove that psychological traumatic factor and make them patients for life. That's a lot of my goal. And when I'm talking to parents, walking them through treatment of their child, I'll be like, okay, let's stop. You know, Pre-K pause, as
0: Mr. Williams says. <laughs> let's talk about the long-term impact. And can you ask, Like, so that was the first time when I went to that dentist, that was the first time anyone had ever offered to meet with me before just like popping me down in the chair and getting in my mouth. And so I don't know that a lot of people know that that's an option to ask for an office visit. And maybe not... Not with the dentist, but with the dental hygienist or that there's an option to go and say, I need to come in and talk to somebody about my needs. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I think that would be a good
1: indicator if they allow that, if they're not like, what? What are you talking about? If they allow that or even familiar or offering that type of service, that's a good sign. That would be a place that would be a good place to go. That's really pretty common in pediatric dentistry because we work with children with all sorts of needs, um, sensory things. So especially with kiddos on the autistic spectrum with the social story. So they'll come in early and get like pictures. And this is a room you're going to go to. This is a person you're going to see. And so that helps. So we're familiar with them. We call them happy visits for kiddos where they're just coming in. They're like meeting staff, seeing the room, getting a prize going home but to basically do the same thing for adult patients is wonderful. And I love that you have a dentist that did that. Honestly, I'm pretty surprised. I can't imagine that many general dentists do that. And I think if you find a place that is open to doing that, that is a great sign um, that it will be a good place that's going to take good care of you.
0: Hey, if you enjoyed my episode on IEPs and you want to listen to more podcast episodes about IEPs, I want to tell you about another podcast you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by Teach and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. You might have heard me talk about IEPs on my episode, and this latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I checked out these episodes, and I think that they are a great place for you to go after listening to mine. They go into a little more detail and answer a little more in depth about what an IEP is and whether your child needs one. So listen to Understood Explains by searching for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. I've never met a free trial that I didn't like. The problem is, is that I often forget to get out of them before they start charging me. But I don't have that problem since I started using Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month, and I can clearly see my spending habits. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for you, up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll even deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of 500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com struggle. That's rocketmoney.com struggle. Rocketmoney.com struggle. So if you're listening and you're thinking, I need to reach out to a dentist, I need to find one that is hopefully going to give me the best chance of someone who's understanding. Just as a recap, finding someone in the com- asking your community, asking your Facebook groups, maybe looking for someone who specializes in those who are phobic, those on the spectrum. Even if you don't have those issues, that's just going to indicate to you that someone maybe has a little more bedside manner, uh, is more flexible, is more approachable in understanding and people's different needs. And also calling and asking the front desk staff if they go to that dentist. Yes. yes like, do you see this dentist? <laughs> and if they're like, no, Susie down the street, you're like, well, let me have her number. <laughs> and then maybe asking if you can meet beforehand with that. And honestly... I think that if I were to be embarrassed to go to the dentist, I don't necessarily feel embarrassment to go to the dentist. It's just a phobia for me. I'd probably also I would lie and say, I have a phobia and I need to go. I would like to come and either meet with the hygienist and ask some questions about dental health. Mm-hmm. Like that to me would be less intimidating over the phone than being like, I'm depressed and I haven't brushed my teeth in 10 years and I think you're gonna judge me. I'd just lie. <laughs> That's such a good suggestion. Yeah, absolutely. And they're more likely to be understanding too, because dental is so common. It's like, oh yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And then when I get there, I would tell the truth. Like I would say, hey, like in addition to this or you know the, some other things that are going on with me is that I've been struggling with my mental health for this amount of time. And I always recommend just being honest saying I'm really it's taken me a lot to come here today because I'm really frightened that I'm you're going to shame me and embarrass me because I have been struggling to take care of my teeth. Mm-hmm. Yes. And to tell the hygienist that. Yes. And listen, I'm, I know that not everyone has the same comfort level with like setting firm boundaries, but this is sort of tangential, but I tend to get impacted ears. So I get like the ear whack, like gets down and I have to go to a... ENT and they have to suction the wax out and then they always ask me if I wear, use Q-tips and I always say yes and then they always lecture me and then I never go back to them. Never go back. I continue to use Q-tips. Um, a year <laughs> later, they'll, it'll impact again and I will call a new ENT. And so finally this last time because I'm like I'm running out of ENTs on the list. <laughs> I went in and I... <laughs> This lady came in and I I had my toddler and I had the newborn who was literally breastfeeding as I was sitting in the chair. Oh my goodness. And she said, what's going on today? And for the first time, I said, my ear is impacted. It happens because I use Q-tips. I don't want the Q-tip lecture. If you'd lecture me about the Q-tips, I will never come back. I just want someone to help me with my concern today. And this woman came in and I think it helped that I look like a hot mask. (laughs) (laughs)
1: You don't mess with a woman breastfeeding her newborn at the doctor.
0: (laughs) And the the toddler crying. And so she sucked it out of my ear, looked at me, smiled and said, just call me when you need me. Oh, that's awesome. I was like, you will be my auntie for life. And I feel like if that's something that you can sort of like sack up enough to do, Uh like sometimes that direct result of just saying, I understand my dental health is not good.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: But I need you to understand that if I get a lecture about it, I'm never coming back and I care about my dental health and I want to come back. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine any dentist not hearing that. And if they do, like you said, that's on them and you should just, you can leave. Exactly. Not on you. That's a sign. Like this is not the place. Keep looking. (laughs) (laughs) Let's ask about some specifics. So when I think about, sort of barriers to brushing teeth. One of the big ones of course we talk about executive functioning for people with ADHD, depression, whether it's remembering. Sometimes for me it's like the amount of steps. Yeah, like yeah. Go to the and I talked about this today actually on one of my channels where I never really had this issue until I had kids because the routine of like waking up in the morning, going to your vanity and then like doing the things to get ready. Coupled with like, I'm about to leave the house and people are going to smell my stanky breath. It was like uh-huh. the routine and the motivation like came together. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every day you do this and this is the motivation. And then I had a baby and it was like, okay, I don't have a morning routine anymore.
1: you right. What routine? You're not even in your room half the time when you wake up.
0: I'm like, awakened by a screaming child who I'm running to feed. And then I'm in my living room and I'm not leaving the house. And so even if I think of it, I'm going, well, who cares? Mm -hmm. And I tried lots of things, but I finally um, just ordered myself 144 disposable pre-pasted toothbrushes. Yes. I love those. And put them everywhere. Like put them in your van, put them by your TV. (laughs) The first thing I tried was just putting a toothbrush like in all of my sinks. So there's actually toothbrush and toothpaste in every bathroom and at the kitchen sink. Yeah. Um, but the, the genius for me with the pre-pasted ones is it's one step. It's not mm-hmm. go to the sink, open the toothpaste, put it on, put it in your mouth. Wait, it's literally uh-huh. pick it up, pull the wrapper off, stick it in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And you know, for a season it's working for me. So I'm just, that's what I'm going to do for the season. Mm-hmm. Anyways, That's my story. (laughs) I think that's a great tip. (laughs) When people talk about, you know, okay, the issue for me is that there are so many steps.
1: Yes. Or so many rules. I think that's what a lot of people say too, because it's like, well, technically you shouldn't brush for 30 minutes after you eat, but you want to actually do it like 20 minutes before this and 30 minutes after that. And like, there's this perfect ideal time to do it. And I think everyone's like, well, screw that. Like, I'm just not going to do it because I'm not going to wait 30 minutes to do whatever or I can't rinse after. Like they get caught up in so many little rules that would be the ideal. And so they just don't do it at all. And so I'm just like, it doesn't matter. Like if you want me to use no toothpaste, use no toothpaste. If you want to brush right after you eat, then brush right after you eat. Keep it in your kitchen. Like whatever is going to be easy to perform and that you will do it. It's better to brush right after you eat Then not brush at all if you're trying to wait the 30 minutes or whatever. So, people, I think the devil's in the details. Like, we as dentist nerds get really, we're like, you know, the enamel won't remineralize unless you wait ideally 20 minutes, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it just doesn't matter. (laughs) It matters, but it doesn't that much in this grand scheme of things. And so, giving people permission to do it at not the perfect time, but the time that works for them when they remember, you know, too many steps. Don't use mouth rinse. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to do mouth rinse and toothpaste and brushing. I'm like, forget the mouth rinse. You don't the mouth rinse, you don't even need the toothpaste, you know, you can just dip it in mouthwash. Some people I think really have an aversion to the texture of toothpaste. And um, there are some better ones, you know, I have a lot of recommendations for smoother toothpaste, a lot of them are pediatric ones. But texture wise, um, some people just hate the texture, that grittiness. And so just dipping it in a mouthwash or just using water is okay, too.
0: So let me ask some questions. I feel like it helps me sometimes. to like, Understand the whys, and then I can like give myself permission to do whatever. And I don't think I think when we're taught about teeth brushing or toothbrushing. No one ever really explains all the whys. And so, first one, what is the purpose of the brush? Like, like what are we doing here? Right? Like just the actual brush itself. Why is that important? So first, let's talk about your
1: teeth and what leads to cavities, right? Because that's something most of us are worrying about. We're either worrying about like gingivitis, so inflamed gums from bacteria, or worrying about cavities where the bacteria produce through their metabolism, so eating carbs like sugars and whatever, they make acid that erodes the enamel away and that leads to cavities. So you're either getting inflammation from bacteria for the gum tissue, so like gingivitis, periodontitis, or you're getting cavities from the bacteria just from them chilling on your tooth and then eventually eating whatever food that you're eating and then making acid. And so the primary role of toothbrushing is to remove those bacteria. It's called a biofilm is what plaque is. And so you just want that mechanical cleansing. And I think that's what a lot of people get hung up on is like, but I don't like toothpaste. I don't like mouth rinse. I'm like, the most important thing is brushing. And there are a lot of folks that say, well, what if, you know, the texture or whatever, they don't like it. I'm like, chew gum like chewing gum. And there's a big viral, I forget the name, it's like Smile Maker or something Did a big viral series of like, eat a carrot and like clean your teeth with that. But there's some legitimacy to that of just the mechanical cleansing of eating something crunchy. Like if you have an apple along with chips, that's going to be something stuck in your teeth, eat something that's going to help clean it out. Chew gum, that can help too. So a lot of folks are like, can I just use mouth rinse? I'm like, well, you get a little fluoride, like maybe some antiseptic action, like killing bacteria. But I'd love if you chew gum and then rinse, you know, something to get you some mechanical
0: cleansing too. What about like, so I remember when my daughters first got teeth, the dentist was like, just take a washcloth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's more, I'd say to like desensitize them
1: to you being in their mouth. So you want to start that like early before they even get teeth to use a washcloth. That's what I do. They're like two weeks old in the bathtub and everyone else is like, what is she doing? I'm like, I'm getting her used to me cleaning her mouth. (laughs) Like those baby toothbrushes, those are like silicone ones. They don't really clean the teeth. It's more like getting them used to it. And once teeth come in, you're using like bristled brush or whatever.
0: So if somebody remembers to brush their teeth at 2 p.m. and they just dip it in water, that's still better than nothing. That's still actually a lot. That's still a win.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And I think so many folks, I've had quite a few comments are just like, that we'll talk about water pick sometimes. I'm like, you know, it's not as good as string floss, but it's still getting in there, stimulating, you know, the plaque biofilm, it's disrupting stuff. It's not going to get Old because the older it gets, the more gnarly it gets, the more acid it produces, the more dangerous it is to your teeth and more harmful. So just disrupting it, causing issues, even if it's not cleaning it all off completely, is good. And several have had hygienists often that are just like, oh, well, I guess it's better than nothing kind of attitude, and they're like, so I just did nothing, and I'm like, no, no, no. Like when I say it's better than nothing, like that's great. Like I want you to do something, and it's just momentum when you start, even if it's just mouth rinse, even if it's just you know, that I'm like, oh, maybe do some gum for me. They're like, no, like I. would for now just do mouth rinse. Well, hey, you're thinking about your oral health. You're trying to do something and it's on your mind. And just knowing that I'd like you to do something more if you think you could. And let's think of ways that maybe we could introduce that. Like, what are things, what are the barriers? And then what can we come up with that we can maybe do instead? But to be like, yeah, you know, perfection is the enemy of good, right? So.
0: (laughs) Well, and, you know, as a therapist, I would always say it's better to do less with self-compassion than to try to do more with self-loathing
1: hmm mm-hmm.
0: And isn't that so much of this? I feel
1: like, and so many of the folks that I feel like are in tears about their oral health care and talking about how they feel gross or disgusting, like just these, what they're telling themselves when they're looking at their teeth. It's just You're disgusting. Like no one would ever want to be with you. Like no one wants to see your smile. It's horrendous. Like just the horrible, horrible self-talk and the things that we say to ourselves. And I even said to myself, and it's just, you're in this really dark, it's a difficult place. And that our smile is something that is just so important. It's how we meet, the world. And they just have so much shame, I think, around it and so much embarrassment. That's a lot of people. They just feel so embarrassed to go and admit, oh, you know, I've been taking care of my kids for five years and I haven't taken care of myself. And my teeth, you know, have tartar buildup all over them and whatever. And I just hope folks know that there are dentists out there and hygienists out there that really just want the best for them and that we are not judging. We have seen it all. And though there are mean dentists that will say mean things like, we'll just stop being sad. You know, I can't tell you how many people have commented that, that a dentist told them when they t- opened up about their depression, the dentist said, we'll just stop being sad. <laughs> I'm like, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs>
0: I know. Well, it kind of reminds me of when people ask about like, hey, I'd really like to hire like a cleaning service, but I don't want to be judged by the cleaner. And, you know, it's a similar approach of, okay, so let's look at our options. Like one option is like you're getting help for your oral health, but someone's judging you. And the other one is like your oral health is suffering because you're, but you're protected from the judgment. It's like at the end of the day, like, we have to pick the one that is most functional for us. Yes, it stings to have someone judge us, but there's gonna be a painful component to this either way, like, either through the judging or through the actual pain and the embarrassment and all of this. And so, let's pick the pain that's gonna increase our functioning, right? Yeah. I think for me too,
1: like with my own anxiety, so often what I fear, like the judgment I would fear is so much harsher than the judgment I experience in reality. And so that's so often me talking to my internal voice is like what you are imagining is probably way worse than what it will be in actuality. And that's just what I say to myself so often. And that's what I hope people will find true most of the time is that what they fear hearing from the dentist or the hygienist so often will not be nearly as harsh as what they imagine, if not the total opposite, very compassionate and wanting to help them. So you've explained what brushing does. So then what is the point of toothpaste? So toothpaste really, and like I've tried to dive deep into the ingredients of toothpaste. And I'll be honest, this is not something they really cover in dental school. My latest thing is on mouth rinse. I've been going into mouth rinse and learning stuff. I didn't even learn about mouth rinse 10 years ago in school. And similar with like toothpaste, what are these ingredients for? What do they do? The most important one for cavity fighting is fluoride. And so you have a mineral in your enamel called hydroxyapatite. And that mineral, when acid touches it, and you have acid from bacteria, products but also from food your saliva whenever you eat even if it's not something that's acidic or sugary um your pH in your mouth still drops. It becomes acidic. And so your enamel leaches out some of that hydroxyapatite. What fluoride does or the primary act of fluoride is it remineralizes that enamel with a new combination of that mineral. It's called fluorapatite. And fluorapatite is more resistant to acid breakdown. So it's literally strengthening your enamel. It's putting a different mineral in it. It also has some antibacterial kind of properties. It makes them not as sticky and whatever, but that's a primary role. There are some toothpaste that have hydroxyapatite in them or like nano hydroxyapatite, I think is technically, what it is now, but it's just putting back what was already in, in there. It it doesn't really do anything as far as I can tell in the research that's coming, nothing too amazing. And otherwise it's just like abrasives to help clean off surface stain, you know, foaming agents. Like that's a big one for a lot of people we can go into later with sensitivity stuff. Sodium lauryl sulfate, the foaming agent makes a lot of people feel a burning sensation. They get mouth ulcers. Um, If there's one thing people hate about toothpaste, it's often that. And if they change that, it can help a lot to getting one that's SLS free. But yeah, it really doesn't do much. It just has flavor. It's just the fluoride. And so there are a lot of people who are like, I don't like fluoride. I don't want to use it. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, there's really, I mean, you can just have tasty toothpaste. There's not much else that you really need from it. That's like kids and training pace I talk about a lot. Do you need to use a training toothpaste? I say no like just once you're comfortable getting a toothpaste that has fluoride in it xylitol is a nice middle ground um thing you see xylitol in a lot of things now dental products the research is like neither here nor there really like a lot of it's kind of biased um but there's some studies that show especially with like pregnant women and showing transmission of the bacteria that cause cavities to babies so to their babes if they chew like xylitol gum or they use xylitol mouth rinses that the bacteria are less what's called virulent or like less likely to be mean and cause cavities in their kiddos but It's really high concentrations, really frequent exposures. And so it's just, you're once a day, twice a day toothpaste with xylitol. Is it really going to have that benefit? We don't know. But gum, I think, is the most promising. But it's hard to tease out, is it the mechanical cleansing of gum or is it the xylitol in the gum or both? And so, I don't know, we get real nerdy about it. But I think if someone doesn't want fluoride, I'm cool with xylitol (laughs) after that. (laughs) Yeah. Is fluoride in mouthwash also? Mm -hmm. It can be. It'll usually say like anti-cavity, and that's how you'll know it has fluoride. And in the U.S., there's two kind of grades, I guess, or levels of it. It's 0.02% or 0.05% that are over-the-counter. And so I usually recommend if you want the cavity-fighting effect to get the 0.05 if you can find it. And ACT is the one that most often you can find it in different flavors, alcohol-free. The kids' mouth rinses often have 0.05%, whereas adult ones often are the 0.02. You have to really check the labels.
0: So if somebody having like a really strong issue with taste, mm-hmm. theoretically, they could brush with water and get a kid's mouthwash that has fluoride in it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, and they'll get so the only difference is a lot of people will there's a whole big thing on TikTok. I don't know how deep you are into dentist TikTok if <laughs> I've forced you to go I'm very far. Very <laughs> but there's a big thing <laughs> with the dentist TikTok about not rinsing after brushing. That ideally you want to rinse or you want to brush your teeth, spit, and then walk away because you want to leave that fluoride on your teeth. You're spitting out the big pieces of gunk, but you're leaving that little film of toothpaste, which most people, they're like, oh, I can't stand that. It feels awful. But when you look at levels of fluoride, you've got about 1,000 in the US in fluoride, 1,000 parts per million, or PPM is how they measure fluoride. In mouth rinse, it's more like 100 to 200, so you're dropping by an order of magnitude. And then in fluoride water, it's like 0.7 PPM, so it's very, very small. You know, again, it's like, if is you rinsing with or dipping your toothbrush in mouthwash better than water? Yep. And is using a toothpaste that you could tolerate a taste, which I've got... Five bazillion different ones, kid ones that have fluoride in them. That's SLS free. You know, good taste doesn't have that burning. Um, is that better than a mouth rinse? Yes, but if you want to brush with just water and then use mouth rinse, or I have a lot of kiddos with sensory um things with like either texture or taste that they can't tolerate a flavored toothpaste, but for whatever reason they can tolerate a flavored mouth rinse better, and they'll dip their brush in that mouth rinse and brush that way, um, and that can help just get a little bit of fluoride in there with the brushing.
0: One of the things I noticed with my pre-pasted toothbrushes, there's not a lot on there.
1: Yeah. And that's a big part. I think people see the commercials and they think I need to cover my brush with it. And especially if it has sodium lauryl sulfate, they're going to be like rabid, right? And so they're like, I can't stand toothpaste. It's so foamy. I'm like, you're using too much. So a pea size, we never need more than that from age three and on up pea size. Under age three, you know, as soon as they get teeth, like six months, a grain of rice size. And then at three, pea size until 103. That was kind of my little (laughs) catchphrase. From three to 103, a pea size amount, that's all you need. And that will help sometimes with that foamy.
0: Remember in 2018, when Border Patrol separated thousands of refugee kids from their parents, deported those parents back to their home countries while keeping the kids in the United States? Well, believe it or not, six years later, there are hundreds of families who have still not been reunited. Although we as a community may feel hopeless at times, I recently learned about an organization called El Otro Lado, which works to reunify families. They provide holistic legal and humanitarian support to refugees, deportees, and other migrants in the U.S. and Tijuana through a multidisciplinary, client-centered, harm-reduction-based practice. Since 2018, they've reunified over 100 refugee families ripped apart by Trump's zero-tolerance policy. Once reunited, Al Otro Lado helps each family find legal representation, housing, and the counseling that they need in order to heal and get on their feet. You can find the link to donate to El Otrolado in the description of this episode or go to gum.fm slash charity and donate today. You can also consider volunteering with the organization, which offers opportunities that are both in-person and virtual. The best way to get involved is by filling out an application on their website, alotrolado.org slash volunteer. That's A-L-O-T-R-O-L-A-D-O.
2: I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood.
0: Someone even asked me on my TikTok today, like, do you rinse afterwards? And I was like, (laughs) no, I don't. Like, there's literally, like, so little, Mm -hmm. like, like, foaming. There's so little extra in my mouth. Like, I just swallow and go about my day like I've literally broken it down to one step which is why I do it now so what are some toothpastes that people can look into because the biggest one that I hear is they can't stand mint yes so many people or they're like allergic to mint so they're allergic to mint and or can't stand it I
1: would tell folks if they think they're allergic to it they get like ulcers or have mouth sores to try eliminating sodium lauryl sulfate that I think is the key ingredient for a lot of people are sensitive to teeth they feel burning and they think it's from the mint it's actually from sodium lauryl sulfate or SLS and that's because something that more and more companies are aware of now. Um, People that get frequent mouth ulcers and feel that burning, that'll often be from SLS. Usually SLS is in toothpaste, not so much in mouth rinse, but in the toothpaste. Um, But still check your mouth rinse label because some of them do have sodium lauryl sulfate. But getting rid of that often helps people so much, even if it's a mint flavor. But many kids' toothpaste are SLS-free. Hello is a great brand. They have them at Walmart, Target and they have fluoride, but they're SLS free. And the Hello Kind has like unicorn sparkle bubblegum, blue raspberry, strawberry, like have so many different flavors. My favorite ones in terms of texture and taste um, are Tanner's Tasty Paste. And it's actually a pediatric dentist who developed them. I do not know her, but I just, they're amazing. They taste so good that they've got three a chocolate one, a vanilla one that tastes like cake icing, and an orange one that tastes like a dream sickle. And so I have not met many kiddos that do not like those toothpaste and look forward to brushing. So those are good. And there are also flavorless ones. A lot of people don't know that, but if it's a flavor thing um, Ora nurse is one that's completely flavorless. And then there's one called Dr. Bob invented by another pediatric dentist that is unflavored, but sweetened. It has xylitol in it. And so those two often help folks as well with the sensory kind of taste issues and all SLS free.
0: What about people that struggle with like the bristles? Like, what are we looking at there?
1: So I looked into that some because I had people telling me that just talking about kind of the texture of the bristles. I think a triple-sided brush sometimes helps people. I was going to try to see if I had mine around, but it's the one that has like the two sides and the middle. And that, for whatever reason, the angulation can sometimes help it feel different. So that works for some folks. And then I have, I actually bought the one I looked on your website, like Silco or something. I had the one from Amazon, but I got yours too. And they're pretty similar. They're just like a bunch of really tiny bristles. Um, And I think that might help somebody because it feels. very different. The only thing with those is it's hard to get it to dry. I find it might get like smelly over time, but if they're drying it on a towel or something after, I think it could work well. And I did, I like did this this disclosing tablets where you dye your plaque purple and I brushed with it and it cleaned just fine. So I think they clean fine.
0: Cool. So that might be a good solution for folks. And they are really different. So I actually got one because I thought, oh, maybe this will help. I dislike it. Yeah, no, I thought it was weird. It almost felt like Styrofoam, like you know, it just it was kind of strange feeling rubbing. <laughs> it was like brushing my teeth with fur. Yes, yes, <laughs> or like like a carpet. I don't know. But that being said, if you're someone that doesn't like the rigidity or like the pokiness, like my point is that it's completely different.
1: Yes, it is very different. And you can try different ones. A lot of people want to get a firmer toothbrush, but just so that you do not wear enamel away, it's actually preferred that you get a soft bristled brush always. And then they have extra soft too. So you can try extra soft as well and see if that's just enough. Many of them also have little like protruding plastic pieces like a lot of manual toothbrushes do. And even the electric brush heads now, try and avoid those if you're really sensitive. Don't get the ones that are going to like poke you. And that yeah, that's not good. Just get like plain old bristles the soft or ultra soft or extra soft rather. And then if nothing else, try the feather lighter. I forget what they're called, but the super soft ones might help
0: because they do feel totally different. So speaking of electric toothbrushes, I have had some people talk about, and I can't remember now, this is probably, I probably should have prepared better for this, but like the ones that'll like buzz to let you know like when to move and they just have like some other little, little dopamine incentives in there, like connect to your phone. Like, so sometimes- for me, if I wanted to get motivated to do something, I need it to be less steps. But sometimes actually get like geeking out about something Uh is like, it's kind of going in the opposite. Like this is what I do with my hair. Like I got really into like a very complicated hair routine and now I'm like motivated to do it because I'm like the little ritual of it. So do you have any that you recommend or that? Yeah, at least for so i like, speaking more from like tweens and teens when they're
1: trying to motivate a lot of like apps are really fun. The most popular one that most people really like is Pokemon Smile. But that's a fun one. Um, you can also get uh, an app that plays music for you for two minutes, Brush DJ. It'll pick like random music. And there's a bunch of different ones like Disney has one, Oral-B, um, that are like educational and it's like a monster and you're playing, brushing around. Brush Up is another one. Um, so there are a lot of apps that make it fun, but those are more like kid-oriented, but whatever. Like I'm all about using kid stuff as an adult. There's no no shame in that. But toothbrushes too. I know Oral-B and Sonicare, like the high-end ones have little buzzers and they'll show you if you're brushing too hard and they'll tell you how long... to brush in each area i think quip and hum are both like middle grade ones like 40 50 ish dollar range i want to say and have apps that you can link to and they'll give you like rewards and you know it's kind of like a fitbit for your teeth right (laughs) you get like for completing x number of days and x number of minutes and that's really fun i
0: think motivating for folks too purpose of the two minutes. I don't think, let me tell you that in my entire life, I don't think I've ever brushed my teeth for two (laughs) Here, So uh, truth be told, I honestly
1: don't either. And I think a lot of it is we feel like I don't know I think as a mom there's so many things that I'm questioning now I'm like why do we say that and I think we say two minutes because we're hoping we'll get like 45 seconds out of someone like if I told them 45 seconds they would do like 10 seconds right oh, <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs>
1: it's so long and bless the poor people who think they have to brush their kids for two minutes that I'm like okay let's break down the math like most adults have 28 teeth so two minutes comes down to like five seconds a tooth and this is in no way like endorsed by the AAPD it's just me thinking and doing math but I was like if your kid has four teeth, that's 20 seconds. That's as long as you need to be brushing their teeth maximum. So that was a lot of my pediatric dentistry message in the beginning. It's like stop brushing your 12 month old for two minutes. Like no one's having a good time.
0: <laughs> Believe it or not, they're one of the big barriers is people say it's boring. Yeah.
1: hmm
0: Yep. And You know, for some people, it's not a big deal to do something boring. But if you're already struggling with depression or anxiety or executive dysfunction, Mm -hmm. getting yourself the task initiation to do something that's boring for a prolonged period can really be almost impossible. For sure. And that's, I would say, just like brush
1: as long as you can. You know, if you can do 10 seconds, great. And if you get in there for 10 seconds and you're like, oh man, like I'm getting a lot of crud off, like maybe that alone is like rewarding. You're like, let's keep going, (laughs) you know? So I'd say do what you can and don't stress about the two minutes and get something that'll help it be fun or like the, you know, the Brush that's going to buzz for you or track points for you. The brush DJ where you get to listen to the full, you know, two minutes of a song. Pokemon Smile where you, I don't even know what Pokemon Smile does. I need to download it. I probably should because so many of the kids really like it. (laughs) But
0: it must give you something. Another reason why I'm having my current love affair with my pre pasted toothbrushes is because I actually keep them in my kitchen. That's the best. Yeah. And it's in this. Spot where, like, you would either turn to go into my kitchen or you would turn to go out the door. Mm-hmm. And so, if I'm going into my kitchen, I could be like, Oh, let me do this right now. And if I'm going out the door, I'd be like, Oh, toothbrush. And there's something about not being in the bathroom where I'm usually grabbing it as I walk by, even if I'm just walking around my living room. Or I'm, you know, then checking my email, or I'm doing like I'm doing other things kind of at the same time, and I find that I can go so much longer that way than staring at myself in the bathroom mirror, just like standing there. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that as one of the big reasons why. But so
1: postpartum for me, two places that I would rush that I never would have before, but I most often got it done with a shower in the kitchen. I think it's because you have to eat most of the time, you know, or you're at least getting up going to eat unless you're really having a tough time and you're in bed. But if you're at least up and functioning, getting around with your kiddos, if you have a Other kids have to feed them and so I'd see my toothbrush and be like oh brushing you know while I'm getting their breakfast ready and you're exactly right it's like I'm distracted
0: so I'm brushing longer so that's yeah
2: Great
1: point.
0: I do have my toothbrush and some toothpaste in my shower, and I always brush when I'm in the shower, and that's super helpful. Combines hygiene tasks, right? <laughs> you know. I'm already here. Like I'm not. I'm already here. If I showered every day, that would be the ultimate solution, but I don't. So
2: I got to figure it out another way.
0: <laughs> right now, girls' same. Look at my hair. Day three. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my last question about toothbrushing. Charcoal toothbrush. What is this fad? What does this do? So charcoal, everything, like that's kind of
1: the fad. It was oil pulling and now we've switched to charcoal. Charcoal, at least as a paste, is really abrasive. And so you can get some enamel wear. Whitening toothpaste in general are abrasive, but charcoal probably the most so. And so folks will see some whitening initially because they're removing surface stains. But if they continue to use those more abrasive toothpaste on the regular, they're gonna end up actually getting more yellow teeth as they wear their enamel away and you start to see the inner part of the tooth called dentin that's yellow. So you can get sensitivity that arises. You actually see the opposite of what you want to see, not tooth whitening. Um, So charcoal, now you see it in everything. It's like, you know, charcoal shampoo, charcoal toothbrush, charcoal, whatever. But the main one is charcoal toothpaste being abrasive. I question whether charcoal is like actually itself in a bristle of a toothbrush, although I've seen it, but I'd be most hesitant about the paste, just the abrasiveness. If somebody did use a charcoal toothpaste, how often would be? Maybe do it like once a week um, or more. You know, if you've got sensitive teeth, I wouldn't use it at all. But if you don't have any sensitivity issues, maybe once a week and see. But for whitening, really, I think the best thing you can do is go one to the dentist, let them get the tartar, like the actual stain buildup off for you. And then you could do a maintenance kind of whitening mouthwash that has a really low level of hydrogen peroxide and like use that daily or every few days. So it's going to help keep abstain from building up anew once you get like a fresh start. And then you could do something like an in-office whitening that has hydrogen peroxide or carbamide peroxide. Those are the two I don't know, medicines that would whiten your teeth with those little trays. Or I love crest white strips. Like they're just easy. They're pretty
0: cheap relatively. um, And that's what I use. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Taylor. This has really been helpful. And if anybody wants to look at um, more resources for toothbrushing, I have some on my website. So if you go to strugglecare.com, click on resources and go to the hygiene tab there, all of this stuff is laid out there with options for non mint toothpaste options for different kind of toothbrushes what if it's boring what if it's a sensory thing so you can check those out there too thank you taylor i checked it out i agree with them all did you
1: yes i know. i really like it i was like oh this is so good we are so jiving <laughs> I'm put dentist approved
0: on it now yes dentist approved pediatric dentist approved. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. well you have a wonderful night you too thanks so much